Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Second Chance Podcast and Retake 9. I'm your host, Raphael Rowe. In this week's retake, we look at episode 79, where I share the introduction and epilogue to Notorious, my autobiography, from being the story to now telling the story. My own narrative, as many listeners will know, is not just about the dark challenges of injustice and the dehumanisation of what is experienced in prison, it's a reflection on my weaknesses, education and self-development that helped me find the ways in which I could keep going against all the odds. The overlap between my life experience and the work I do today as a journalist can have a profound effect. One reflection in the book encapsulates what I mean. It's about the encounter I had during filming the Netflix series Inside the World's Toughest Prisons, which I know many of you would have watched. And if you haven't, go over to Netflix and watch it now. In the very first episode, we filmed inside a Brazilian penitentiary. At one point, I was asked by a group of young prisoners if I thought about killing myself after being imprisoned for crimes I did not commit. My answer was no. In fact, I told them the injustice I felt manifested in me the man I am today. This encounter caused quite a stir for these young guys and it's had a ripple effect with people around the world who have found themselves in dark places. Notorious, my book, has given so many the strength to fight their own or others' injustice. It became my job to give a voice to the men who did not have one. These were just men, very troubled men, who found themselves in very dark places. Many had fully accepted the wrong they had done and that they deserved to do time. But now they were made to exist with a live-or-die mentality, unsure each day as to whether they'd live to see the next 
or if an impromptu riot might cause them to be decapitated in the night, their severed head serving as a football for their cellmates the following lunchtime. The murder of prisoners took place in prisons across Brazil, including Porto Velo Penitentiary, two weeks before I was locked in it to film the first episode of Inside the World's Toughest Prisons. These prisoners are people who made bad decisions in life and are paying the price for them, but they do not deserve to be dehumanised in the process. It is one thing to deprive a convicted criminal of time, it's quite another to render them defenceless in the face of the dangers posed in places like Portovello Penitentiary. It's my mission to use my profile and my privileged position as a journalist to ask those uncomfortable questions about what we want to be done in our name as a civilised society. I know only too well that the criminal justice system is incredibly complex and the administration of justice doesn't always produce the right result. Around the world, some countries do far better than others, but the difference between those that get it right and those that don't remains vast. As you know by now, I'm no stranger to what happens when it goes wrong. This isn't the part where I convince you that I'm a saint. In school I was disruptive and even got expelled. I grew up in south-east London where it only took stepping out of your front door to start going down the wrong path. I mixed and I mingled with the wrong people. I witnessed violent acts and wasn't too shy about getting involved in them either. I was a criminal. I own that. There is no doubt that I was headed for trouble. But does trouble equate to being wrongly imprisoned for 12 years because of false accusations? For myself and the people I mix with, there was never a thrill from committing a crime for a quick payday or getting caught up in violence. I'm not one for excuses. That was the truth of it back then. If I had broken away or lived in a place where everyone was going to college or university, perhaps that would have been my ambition. But I didn't have any vision at the time. I didn't feel like I was being guided in a particular direction. All I knew was the world I grew up in. My dad found his own methods to try and steer me away from crime. He'd beat me. He'd tell me I was headed in a bad direction. He'd even warn me that I'd end up in prison if I wasn't careful. I remember how he would say that in prison I would only be fed bread and water. My father's words served as a warning shot. My rebellious streak refused to be smudged out so easily. I was not a silly guy. I was just young and naive. I had no sympathy, no empathy, nor any of the traits that you develop as you get older. How was I any different from any other 20-year-old? Imprisonment could not deny me my formative years. I grew defiant in my circumstances like a stem of green stretched to the sun through cracked slabs of concrete. Prison reshaped my life and my perspective. I learned what torture was. I never knew if I would ever be released. Spending life locked in an 8x10 cell would have broken me at some point. My body was subject to abuse. The amount of time I spent in segregation, stripped naked and beaten by prison officers, could have crushed my spirit and soul. But I couldn't dare allow it to. There's a shift that happens when you enter yourself for the first time and the door shuts. People react very differently. Every prisoner develops their coping mechanism. The guilty tend to be more accepting. I've sat down with many guilty men and the second their cell door closes, their fate is sealed. My reaction became my driving force. 
I mustered that inner strength we all have in us when we need it most. Prison didn't make me. My inner workings, my mind and my determination did. I did that. Many have compared the self-isolation and quarantine that COVID-19 demands from us to the experience of being in prison. It's not even close. That's not to undermine the hardship and isolation that COVID-19 has inflicted on many, but they are wrong. Outside we have our freedom. We can look out of the window and see life moving before our eyes. A luxury I'm sure you would recognise if it were taken from you. We can move around in our houses or flats. We can interact with our loved ones, even if it's through a pane of glass or a screen. Sure, we've been given government guidelines as to what we can and can't do, but we can walk out of that door any time we want to. In prison, only one side of the door has an handle, and it's the outside. You wait forever until someone comes to tell you what to do and show you where you can go. Outside, you can make choices. No prisoner is handed that privilege. So much is taken from you physically that you can't help but start to feel the psychological impact. Being imprisoned requires a completely different mindset. You develop different ways to cope. My methods evolved into a skill set. I became a very visual person and I gained a better understanding of men. You can imagine that prison is quite the melting pot. On a daily basis I was rubbing elbows with men of all different sizes, all posing different levels of risk. They could act hard or they could be alright. Some were manipulative, some were conniving, some posed a daily threat. It was my job to keep myself breathing. Those daily interactions around such a collection of different traits taught me how to read a man. It doesn't have to be as blatant as a knife in his hand or an expression on his face. It's an instinct, not a science, a byproduct of having to constantly be hyper aware of your environment. That instinct has served me well, especially as a journalist. Still, you couldn't have told me that prison would have led me to the life I have now, and I still wouldn't wish to do a day of it. It would be a lie to say that this gross misfortune did not open the doors to the life that I am fortunate to lead now. But no one should spend a day, a week, a month, a minute in prison for something they didn't do. Even if I put aside the fact that I'd been wrongly imprisoned, there still stirred deep within me as a young man the feeling that I did not belong in that cell. I needed to be free again, literally, metaphorically, desperately. I turned the bitter hatred inside of me into the fuel for the fight for my release. That was the introduction to my book, and this is the epilogue. At the very beginning of the book, I questioned whether everything that happens to us helps to shape the person we later become. For many years, I didn't see this. I was angry at the injustice I received, and I took the anger out on the system and those who were implementing it. At no time did I ever give up, and every setback I received made me stronger and more determined to see justice properly served. Having had the powerful and challenging experiences that I have, it would be a waste if I didn't now channel them into achieving something positive and to help other people who are also going through a similar dark journey. Working in the media with the BBC and currently with Netflix has given me a profile around the world and a voice. This is not something that I sought but it's happened nevertheless. If I've learned anything over the past two decades, both behind bars and in front of the camera, I've learned that there is injustice 
everywhere. I've learned that the truth on its own isn't enough and sometimes you have to fight for it. I've learned that society can be unforgiving and prejudiced and that those people in a position to judge others are not always impartial and can have agendas of their own. I've learned that we all need to be more vigilant to protect the values that hold us together as a society and not to prejudge anyone without listening to both sides of the story. I've learned that my work is now only just beginning and that all my experiences have indeed been for a purpose and I believe that it's to shine a light into dark places and ask those probing questions that only a journalist can. However, one voice is not enough to make a real difference. If I'm to do anything to fight injustice and to speak for those who are not in a position to speak for themselves, I'm looking for people who are not willing to remain silent where silence condones the unacceptable. I'm looking for people who want a fairer society which respects the human right of everyone, irrespective of the mistakes they may have made in their lives. I'm looking for people who have been moved by the inhuman and degrading conditions that far too many people have to endure behind bars. Serving time in prison to make amends to society for committing a crime should be just that. It should not mean having their lives being put in danger or being dehumanised. That was never part of the sentence that was handed down. As a society and as caring individuals, what are we prepared to accept being done in our name? If my personal journey has opened your eyes to what is happening today in our country right now and also around the world, I invite you to take action. I can't do this alone. The story is still being told and I'm determined to continue to change the narrative about prisoners. Thank you for listening. I can't do this alone and I thank and recognise each one of you who has been a part of my journey so far and for those of you who are reaching out to me every day to help in any way you can. Thank you for your support. You can purchase a personalised signed copy of my book on my website at raphael-row.com. It's also available to order on Amazon and many other book outlets. Retake 9 is a clip from episode 72. You can listen to the complete episode on whatever platform you download or listen to a podcast. Please share this podcast with your friends, family and colleagues. And follow the show for updates about new episodes by just clicking on subscribe. You can also be a part of this podcast by rating and reviewing what you've heard and tell us what you think. More importantly, tell others what you think by leaving some comments and feedback. And here's some good news. Well, it's always good news, but here's a little bit of extra good news. The Second Chance podcast team won the Criminal Justice Alliance Digital Media Gold Award. And we thank all those who support the show and voted for us, of course. Thanks for listening to Second Chance Podcast. Audio editing is by Audio Avalanche. The original music is by J-Row Productions. The cover design work is by Studio Minerva. Social media creator is Sophie Warner. This episode was produced by Kim Collicott and me, your host, Raphael Rowe.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.